0: the Kroskis. The Kroskis think it's wonderful tanning in the warm spotlight, but they don't realize that E is fascinated in the way a praying mantis is fascinated with a buzzing bee. When E is done with them, the twins will find out what it's like to be cast out of the firelight, left to wander the darkness feeling some kind of profound surgical loneliness, as if a sharp knife cuts something precious from your insides. Something that doesn't kill you, that leaves you dead anyway casen's seen it before he is cruel callow callous casen doesn't want to be on the receiving end of that malicious whimsy or whimsical malice whatever he's been there before better than to catch the rc car before it gets too far casen jogs after it rounds the corner his heart catches in his chest like a thread on a splinter that little thing is fast, it's already there, at E's closed door. Cason sprints. The RC car pauses, then backs up a few feet. Thzz, the toy surges forward again into the door, thump. Two more times in quick succession, thump, thump, like it's knocking to be let in. And then Cason catches it, scooping it up in his arms. Wheels spinning against his forearm, Antenna almost jabbing him in the eye, bag dangling. Kacen shakes his head, starts to walk away. But then the hallway shimmers, like it's not real. Like everything is suddenly a sheet of foil or a sequined dress rippling in a wind. The humidity in the room jacks up by 100%. Kacen feels dizzy, sweat in the lines of his palms, mouth dry. He's here. The door unlocks and opens, and Kacen feels perfumed breath hit his neck, crawl up his nose, the smell of roses. Apropos, given his boss's name, E. Rose. What's that? He asks. Kacen turns. E's naked, erection standing tall like a toddler's arm, fervently clutching a toy. Everywhere else, he's not a big man. In fact, he's fairly small, Five-five, thin arms, thin legs, cheekbones like shards of glass, lips sculpted onto his face as if by little scalpel blades. Boyish. E's olive skin shines from sweat. I... Kacen's not sure what to say. I don't know. You interrupted us. A damp chill grips the air. Behind E, Kacen catches sight of another naked someone. No more than one. Then, the smell, sweat and sex and latex and lubricant, commingling in their own orgy of odors. From inside the room, one of the somebodies, a man with a high-pitched titter of a voice says, come back inside, we were just about to see if it would fit. Then, a woman's voice, heady, druggy, ecstatic, I can take anything. He ignores them and holds out a hand to casein. I want to see that. Cason offers a feeble nod, hands over the car. And there, as E reaches for it, is that sudden spike of undesired desire. His body tightens as hope surges, hope that E's finger will touch his own. Just a momentary brush, an electric flash of skin on skin. He doesn't understand it, doesn't ask for it, doesn't swing that way. But it's there just the same and it's been there since the day he started working for E as a bodyguard five years ago. But no, E just takes the remote control dune buggy, holds it up and stares at it, lip in a sneer, brow in a quizzical knit, as if turning it one way makes it junk, and turning it the other way makes it art. He shakes the bag, and what emanates sounds like metal chips or stone pieces rattling together. I suppose we could use it. What is it? calls the man from inside the room. The woman. Bring it, I wanna play. E flicks the antenna. twang. Fine, we'll take it. Go away. Then the man who is most certainly not a man turns and goes back inside, carrying both the RC car and the bag that was attached to it. The door closes with a pitless click, and suddenly it's like whoosh, the air is gone from the room, the ride is over, the magic is ended and real life will now resume. E shows his face and everything seems brighter, shinier.